0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the year that was 1997. Um, we've gotten through January, so we've made it a month, and we're moving into February. Um, we'll talk about Nitro, Raw, and ECW from that time frame that month. That well, I, I'm talking on my words here, but anyway, I'm not as good at the intros as Nate and probably Archie. But anyway. Um, this week is the first week of February, so Raw and Nitro were on the same night, obviously, um, which is uh, February 3rd, 1997, and then the ECW review is the aired, at least. I, I, you never know with ECW. I'm just going off what WWE Network says. They say it happened on February 4th, so I'm going to assume it did, but it probably was on at whoever knows what time. Um Roll Call of Champions, still the same as last week, but we'll go over it anyway in case you guys haven't listened to the show before. WWF Heavyweight Champion is Shawn Michaels. The Intercontinental Champion is Triple H. And the Tag Team Champions of the WWF are Davey and Owen. Um, WCW World Heavyweight Champion is Hulk Hogan. The U.S. Champion is Eddie Guerrero. TV Champion, Steven Regal. Cruiserweight champion Dean Malenko and the tag team champions are still the outsiders. Um, and then the ECW champion is Raven. The ECW television champion is Shane Douglas and your tag team champions are the eliminators. Um, so um, we're going to move into, not, this, this is going to be a little bit of a longer show just because uh WWE or WWF at the time had a two-hour raw. It's the one where they're at the at the Sky Dome. And it's basically well, we'll talk about it when we get there. But WCW um is rolling into the Mid-South Coliseum. Mid-South um, Coliseum. Yes. Um makes you wonder how I, I don't know. It just seemed weird. And I don't remember a lot of it might have as I go along, but I don't remember like a lot of WWF and WCW promoting TV or, or at least producing TV out of the mid South Coliseum. So this must've been right about the time that Jerry kind of lost the plot with it, lost control of it. I would assume. Yeah, I don't, I think I, I agree when USWA is dead anyway.
1: I don't know that raw, I don't, I know WWF ran mid South Coliseum for house shows, but I don't know if oh, they no, ever. I'm just, I don't. I don't know if they ever even had a TV
0: at the Mid South Coliseum. Now that you mentioned, yeah, so. so like I said, going through this, it might they might prove me wrong. But um, WCW is there, and um, they have ten thousand people. They pretty much sold it out. At least they sold some tickets. They probably paid for the rest of it. But they got they got everybody in there. Um, opened the show. Uh, the NWO. Hulk Hogan comes out NWO Hulk Hogan. I can't talk NWO superstar and WCW champion Hulk Hogan comes out and he has Vincent and Ted DiBiase with him. Um, As he's coming out, Tony Schiavone mentions that Roddy Piper um, is um, rumored to be showing up. Hulk Hogan comes out and says that he will put the title on the line against Roddy Piper. If he shows up tonight, Um, and watching this, I was like, "Eh, I kind of remember this show now. And I also wrote before I even thought about that, hey, I remember this show now. I was like, uh, WCW has a terrible track record. Just (laughs) saying, oh, this match is going to happen, and then this match doesn't happen. So I'm like, yeah, they
1: were, they were all about the bait and switch sometimes. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but that's the gist of that. Hogan kind of mocks Memphis a little bit and then he leaves and our opening match is Ray Mendoza Jr. Who was one of the Vianos. I think he was Viano five. So I don't know why they just have him coming out there as Ray Mendoza Jr. But they do. And he is fighting the Ultimo Ultimo dragon.
1: What I remember about him, what I remember about Ray Mendoza Jr. I remember him being unmasked and doing that or being without his mask and doing that. I, I, the thing I remember the most is that he looked funny, like he. Did, yeah. I, I don't know, like when he has his mask, he looks like a completely different man when he has his mask on. He yeah, looks like, really like funny when he,
0: when he came out. I was like, man, he looked bigger when he had the suit and shit on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like for some reason, like his outfit and his mask made him look bigger. Yeah, he just looked like an old Mexican dude. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just like, what's this old Mexican dude coming out here? <laughs> Well he'd be like cooking out in the backyard and shit. <laughs> I'm gonna go wrestle now. <laughs> yeah. Good book bu- good day, Ninos. Have a good day. <laughs> Kissing his grandkids goodbye and shit. But anyway. <laughs> um Ultimo Dragon beat old Ray Mendoza Junior with a double arm suplex match notes. Uh wasn't anything Write home about him. I mean, it was Ultimo Dragon, so it was good. And Raymond mm. Mendoza by no means sucked. He just, right. like I said, didn't looked look funny. He looked, he didn't look like he fit the part to be there. Um, but like I said, it was it was just a basic Lucha match. Nothing to nothing to cry about, but nothing to make a bunch of notes about. Um, the next match, ugh, I can't. That, that was my reaction when I saw this match. It's Billy Kidman. When I saw Billy Kidman coming out, I'm like, yay, this will be good. Billy Kidman versus Glacier.
1: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> yes. Two guys I liked. Mm-hmm. Right? I was a fan of Glacier. I'm going to admit it. This is 97. I was, like, I was like, what, 15 or something like that. But, like, I don't think Glacier was terrible. But mm-hmm. I don't know why Billy Kidman and um, Glacier are wrestling each other. And... Tony Shavani says the glacier is multi-talented and extremely popular, as the Memphis Mid-South crowd is booing the shit out of him. Like <laughs> everything he does, they're just like, "Nope," they hate it. Like they're they're not sitting on their hands; they're booing him. Like Billy Kidman will hit his shit, and they're like, "Yay!" And then Glacier will hit his shit, and they're like, "Yay!" It's <laughs> bad. Um. And then Glacier ends up winning that match with an extended sidekick, is what Tony Schiavone calls it. Extended sidekick. Extended sidekick. Um, I don't. I don't even
1: know what that means.
0: <laughs> like a regular sidekick to me. It's a regular. Yeah,
1: it's a regular sidekick, Tony.
0: Yeah. Um. Then there's a the commercial with Six and Ted DiBiase selling the NWO black denim jacket. Guess how much an NWO black denim jacket was going for in 1997?
1: Seventy-five bucks.
0: Close eighty. It was just a black jacket with the NWO yeah. on the back of it. Like it wasn't anything special at all. But they won eighty dollars for it. Um, Tony Schiavone hypes WCW Saturday Night. I miss, I, you know, and I wrote in my notes I actually liked. WCW Saturday night, even before, even after it became like the show that was just the show, it was just, yeah. I miss being able to sit down on Saturday and just watch two hours of like maybe like just 10 matches. Yeah. Man, was, but, just the last about,
1: you get, you get, uh, you get six good squash matches, a decent like non squash match between two up and comer guys, and then a main event with some main eventers in it. And there yeah. you go You call it a show yeah you know maybe there's an angle maybe there isn't an angle you know
0: it I just missed that um, and I don't think well aew does it but they do it on YouTube but yeah it's just that, that doesn't exist anymore um the the next match is another weird one um, it's ice train versus La Parca. That is a weird match. Yes, Um, But I will say this. um, I shouldn't say I'm going to say this. I'm going to ask this. I think Leparca, out of all the luchadors, other than Rey Mysterio, obviously, because Rey Mysterio was like, you know, the Michael Jordan of luchadors. So he's above everybody else. Mm -hmm. But Leparca is the one that fit in the best in like the American style of wrestling.
1: Oh, he definitely did him. And... I'd say,
0: um, guy, Conan, I'm not, uh, and I know he wrestled, but I'm saying like, I'm not counting him.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Leparca is the one that you can, you can, I think it was a matter of a couple of things. I think it was a matter of his, and I know there were a lot of unique, cool looking Lucha gimmicks. A lot of which didn't make it to WCW but his for an american style first of all his outfit works yeah and also he's probably what would you say other than conan at least again i'm just talking about the luchadors in wcw not in mexico he's the biggest like yeah. he's the thickest you know yeah. so if he gets if he gets in there with with an ice train or a ddp or somebody like that He doesn't. It doesn't look like you know your Kevin Nash, Rey Mysterio kind of thing. So yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, though.
0: Um, Silver King, Silver King, yeah. He had that look about him too. Yeah. Then uh, during the match, Tony Schiavone continues putting over the uh, Randy Anderson uh, angle and says that he'd like to send well wishes as for all the WCW crew. To their buddy Randy Anderson and Larry Zabisco says, Yep, he's on the soup line, the poor idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you don't know if he's if he's if
1: if he's being uh what I want to say, if he's being sympathetic or if he's being an asshole. Because he, he felt like both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I
0: <laughs> the poor idiot. Poor idiot. <laughs> fucking pot me, man. That was funny shit. <laughs> but then, <laughs> then after that great line, they cut to the back, and the Outsiders have laid out Lex Luger with a pipe. Um, and now they're saying that the epic match between Lex Luger and Jeff Jarrett could be in jeopardy, so we might not see that. And then Ice Train ends up beating um, La Parca with a big splash, and nobody gave a shit. like No reaction or anything. Um, I should also mention that uh, Ice Train was accompanied by Teddy Long, which Jericho, in his book, um, rightfully said that at this time, when you got Teddy Long as your manager, that was like a death nail. You're like, oh, shit, they ain't doing nothing for me. he, He said they came up to him and they were like, we got this great idea, Chris. We'll get you a manager, and Chris is like, "Sweet, who is it?" And they're like, "Teddy Long," and he was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> like nothing against Teddy Long, but when you're managed by te- like Teddy Long is managing Ice Train and yeah. Tim Powers, Jim Powers. Powers, Bobby yeah. Walker. It's like, oh, <laughs> <God."> <laughs> not
1: the not the not the faction you want to be hanging with yeah. if you want success. Yeah, and this is when Teddy was still kind of chubby,
0: kind of. <laughs> So, uh, that one happened and then mean Gene Okerlund introduces the four horsemen, but they come out and Art Anderson's not with them. It's Ric Flair, Chris Benoit, Mongo, Deborah and woman. Um, Benoit basically cuts a promo saying their internal beef has made them stronger. Um, and then Mongo says to the crowd, um, we know Luger got taken out, but who wants to see me fight Jeff Jarrett instead? And guess what the crowd does?
1: Boo. Boo.
0: And then he's like, all right.
1: And they're in Memphis. Yeah. You'd think um, Jarrett, Jarrett would be over in Memphis.
0: No, I don't think they were booing Jarrett. They were booing Mongo. Like Mongo's like, you want me to fight Jarrett? And they're like, no. <laughs> they
1: I see what you're <laughs> saying. What
0: I got from him. Um, and then Deborah says that her IQ is 140. She has a IQ of 145, and Tony Schiavone <laughs>, laughs like he ought to, like They're not commentating at all over the over the interview, but when she's like, "I got an IQ of 145," Tony Schiavone, you hear him go, <laughs> <laughs> "Like no way, um, no way," <laughs> and then and then Rick Flair. Um, Uh, basically calls Kevin Sullivan shorty and says that, and then he applies that Kevin Sullivan has a little dick. And then they leave. (laughs) It was awesome. Um, Then there's a recap of uh, Eric Bischoff stripping the Steiner brothers of the tag team titles, which leads into a match between the Steiner brothers and Harlem heat. Um, The faces of fear are sitting out in the crowd Watching the match, um, and they're just like wearing like their Zubarb pants and a couple nitro t shirts. Like, really, that's what we're gonna do with the faces of fear. These uncontrollable Samoan beasts, they're just, yeah, these... in the four- they're just sitting in the fourth row and their zoo barbs, these savages are out in the audience and they're in their pajamas, with yeah, <laughs> just watching the match. It's like, yeah. Why not have them come out and stand on the stand on the ramp or something? Yeah, um, They show P.E. They're out in the crowd, too, which that's fine. Like, a couple of enemies sitting out in the crowd, that's cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. I could imagine that. But Yeah, I don't understand why they had the faces of fear just sitting in the crowd. Um, and they're all watching this match, and they're talking about these teams wanting to – Basically, they're setting up that these are their four teams that want to get in the ring with the Outsiders and get the belts. And eventually, the Faces of Fear and Public Enemy run in. And um, it's just a double disqualification. And it was your standard, before that, it was your standard Harlem Heat-Steiner Brothers match. You're always going to get a good one out of the four of them. Yeah. Um, So, can't complain about that. Which, now we go into our number two. Tony is joined by Mike Tanay and Bobby Heenan. Um, They just kind of recapped that Piper's supposedly going to show up and some of the stuff that happened in the first hour. Um, Tony does confirm that, in fact, Steve McMichael will be facing Jeff Jarrett. Um, And then the next match is Dean Malenko the cruiserweight champion versus Mike Enos. Obviously it's not a cruiserweight title match, Mm -hmm. but Dean is going to fight Mike Enos. And um, just one of my notes is two dudes. I really like everybody. I mean, there's no reason to not like Dean Malenko, but for some reason I've never been able to explain it. I was always a fan of Mike Enos. I
1: can't, I don't, I don't think you need to explain it. I think he was a good hand. You know, he's not, he wasn't a guy that was going to, uh, pack a hundred thousand people into a, into a stadium or anything, but for a guy on the card to give you a good match, um, especially as, as just like a, what do I want to say? Like a, uh, raw boned heel, yeah. you know, I thought he was really good too. I like, I like, uh, I like both of the Beverlies, you know, yeah. I think, you know, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that's weird at all. I think he was, yeah, I thought he was really good. He, um, I don't know what I don't know what held him back as a singles. I don't know cuz I I don't know. I just don't know what held him back, you know, cuz he's a guy you could have put a manager with to be a mouthpiece and maybe he could have been a TV champion or something,
0: but Yeah. Which they put him with a man. They had him with uh Robert Parker, but they just never really did anything with him.
1: Mhm.
0: He he was a guy like we were just talking about. He was a WCW Saturday Night taping guy. Mhm. And like, you know what? I'm I'm sure and, he didn't him and Dick Slater are gonna come out there and they're gonna put over the Harlem Heat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure he didn't care. He's getting a good fucking check.
1: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I'm sure I mean he was there for from what, probably ninety-six until um I think probably ninety nine, probably around when Russo came in. Yeah. So you know three three years of good steady income and the top he was when WCW was the top wrestling company yeah. in the world. You gotta go so. to
0: Nitro, and then you get to like either stay in Atlanta or Orlando. Yeah. Okay. Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah, and just shut your mouth and ca- check cash them checks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe every time, every time one of those guys would start getting frustrated or whatever. Even, you know, Jimmy Hart's probably like, call Annie Poffo. He'll talk you down.
1: I I was just about to say. I was just about to say. <laughs> Enos is probably sitting there like, only thing to would be better than this is some Lanny
0: Puff, oh money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't even got to work for it. <laughs> but, uh, Dean Malenko, uh, X-Pac comes out during, X-Pac, Six pac comes out during that match. And, uh, Jack's the Cruiserweight Championship. He's a belt thief. They're still doing that gimmick. And Dean Malenko wins with a small package. And then, um, is obviously upset because he goes to get his belt and it's gone and Dave Penzer has to explain to him that Six took it from him. Um, the next match... Oh, sorry. Well, after that, Jean interviews Kevin Sullivan with uh, Miss Jackie, Jimmy Hart, and Conan, and there's just some more sexual innuendos from Jackie and Kevin Sullivan. Apparently they porked like 10 years ago. And- <laughs>
1: They are one of the odd. They're one of the weird uh, couples of wrestling, and yeah. it, it's the it's the whole uh, the Booker books himself to have banged all the hot chicks, you know, like like well, okay,
0: you did, you did get Nancy in real life? So.
1: Yes, yes, but I'm just saying, like okay, Kevin, <laughs> you weren't hitting that. Let's just be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently, ten years ago, he was tapping that ass. Again, <laughs> Their relationship had to break up because woman was going to find out. But now she's now woman's out of the picture, so Jackie's back for some of that sweet, sweet Kevin Sullivan. D. <laughs> Gene Oakland's all about it. I'm, I'm sure he is. Any any window, he's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh hey. <laughs> and then they leave. It's 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 pretty fun. Um, I bag on Kevin Sullivan sometimes, but. This is actually pretty fun. (laughs) Um, And then the next match is not fun. Um, It is Diamond Dallas Page versus the Renegade. Uh, Match notes, I put nothing to report. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But during the match... which DDP wins with the diamond cutter. But during the match, the outsiders come out and they stand on the stage and they have their pipes and they're like bashing them against the, like the, does the metal WCW sign. And, and this, and DDP does a good, actually, I don't think I say this very much, but DDP actually does a good job because he's intimidated. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not running down there to get him. He's not saying, "Come on, get in here." He's like, "Oh shit," you know. Yeah. Um, it's actually more effective with them not running in than if they would have just went down there and beat him up with the pipes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like Nash and Hall are saying, you know, we're not going to get you today. And you've been fucking with us and now we're done with it. You know what I mean? We gave you we gave you like two opportunities and you beat us up and then you beat up our boys we're done you know what i mean it, it was almost yeah. like them saying all this
1: the shit's about to hit the
0: fans. yeah like it's like Pretty before much. they like like the friendship thing like they were trying to be like well he was our buddy you know and he like he was my manager and he was my partner and mm-hmm. they were kind of give him a little bit of a slide on some of the attacks or whatever but now they're just like nope <laughs> you're marked buddy and i actually enjoyed that um and then the next match, um, actually, isn't a bad match, but it's Super Calo versus Alex Wright. Um, the fans booed everything Alex Wright did. Like they are not having it with like WCW's like B side fucking baby faces. They're like, nah, this is trash. <laughs> You know, we're used to like Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler, yeah, and and uh, like the Road Warriors at a time, you know what I mean? And yeah, Austin Idol and all these people. When you're giving us Alex Wright and fucking Glacier, they're like, nah,
1: they're shit. they ain't having it here in Memphis. They ain't they
0: have it in Memphis. Um, <laughs> And th- they were starting to get into super callo, but then he tried to run the ropes and fucking fell on his ass, and it was over after that. Like this man, like like Alex Wright and super callo were just going through the motions after. Like you can even see it on Alex Wright's face. Like he's like, right, well, that's and it screwed the pooch there. <laughs> like you can just tell. And, um, they end up. Alex Wright ends up getting a missile drop kick and ending that fiasco. <laughs> And then um, Conan is going to fight Chris Benoit next, which makes sense because it's the the DOD versus the Four Horsemen. Um, even though Conan never fit the, the Dungeon of Doom, in my opinion. Nah. But, I mean, it's got Jimmy Hart, Miss Jackie in it too, so who knows?
1: <laughs> I just always thought it was funny after... Like, WCW grew up as a product, but they kept the Dungeon of Doom. Like, they didn't still do the cartoony shit or whatever, but it would be so funny because here comes Kevin Sullivan and the Giant and the Gangsta Conan and Hugh Morris. And it's like,
0: wah ah, ah. Yeah, And they're all managed and by that, Jimmy Hart.
1: Yeah, that and that music. And it's they still have that music, like that cartoony music and shit. It's like, Kevin Sullivan just wouldn't let that shit die. <laughs> It's like the rest of this show has grown up, Kevin.
0: Yeah, you're coming out here with your crew of buffoons. <laughs> like, it's not even that they're buffoons. You know what I mean? Like yeah. individually, all talented dudes. Mm-hmm. Conan wasn't bad. Like I'm not saying Conan was the greatest thing in the ring, but that dude could talk a fucking mile a minute and get some people riled up and shit. And Hugh Morris is talented and giant, obviously. Well, he's a puppy with big paws when they first got him, but he drew, grew into fucking hell of a talent. And it's just like mm-hmm. all these people are great, but they're just ridiculous together. <laughs> I agree. It's almost like the. It's like a bigger version of Paul Jones's army. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a bigger, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck is going on? Like everything else. Shaska Watley is like, like a wrestling company, but then it's like these guys are just putting there in the middle of it. And it's like Shaska
1: Watley, Baron von Roschke, like TJ <laughs>
0: It's like, what the fuck is going on?
1: So why I cut your hair, Jimmy Valiant. I've <laughs> yeah.
0: we'll been with Jimmy Valiant for 75 years. <laughs> but anyway, um, Bobby Heenan says it's not as funny. I'll, I'll I'll let you I'll let you decide which is the funnier line: what Zabisco said or what Bobby says about Conan. Okay. Um, they're talking about how Conan has gotten far away from the Mexican style of wrestling and all this, you know. And Bobby's like, "Yes, yes, he's changed his ways so much from kind of Constant's coming to America. He's added hats."
1: <laughs> That's a funny line. I still think
0: Zabisco's is better though on this occasion. Yeah. He's changed so much since he's come to America. He's added hats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Zabisco's is, is funnier, but Bobby's is Bobby's good. Bobby's Isn't is it, Bobby. Like, it's like Tony and, Tony and Michael were talking. Like Mike and I were talking for like a minute and a half about how much Conan's changed and and all this. And then Bobby's like, "Yeah, he's added hats. He's, he's added like, hats." <laughs> <laughs> And then Jackie comes out um, and tries to uh, hit woman with the strap, but Benoit stops her. And then uh, Benoit and Conan separate them, and they never give an announcement of what this was. But I'm assuming it was just a, it was just a double DQ but they never mm-hmm. announced it. Um, the next match is Steve McMichael versus Jeff Jarrett. Um, Jarrett gets a good re- reception, obviously, from the Memphis crowd. Um, Once I put in my notes, Memphis is kind of like Canada. Like a bizarre if, world? If, if you're from there or you were there for a substantial amount of time, they're going to cheer you. You know what I mean? Unless you're in that yeah. – com- like, unless you're in USWA being a heel. Like, if you're a bad guy but you were over in Memphis – they're gonna cheer your ass. That's- well and not to
1: mention not to mention even at this at this time at this time, even though uh well it's kind of broken down into uh I mean sad remnants of USWA or whatever, but technically, even at this time, Memphis is still the last territory. <laughs> you know, the people of Memphis still have have a what do I want to say? A hometown wrestling with a with a with a rich history and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. All the other territories are gone, you know? So yeah. It's the last bastion of territory wrestling.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and then Mongo is uh backdropped over the top rope and is distracted long enough by Deborah telling her to stop be- telling him to stop beating up Jeff Jarrett that he gets counted out. And that's how they end that match. It's really dumb. <laughs> um and then we move into um, what is actually a pretty cool segment. and I forgot how cool it was. Uh, Roddy Piper introduces, or Roddy Piper introduces, Mean Gene Okerlund introduces Roddy Piper, who comes out and he has Colt with him, which is his boy, obviously. Um, Piper misspoke, misspeaks, and I think he realizes what he said, because um, Piper comes out and he goes, We're here in Memphis. Home of the King, and the people pop, and he's like, "Yeah, the, the King Elvis Presley." Like, I think he realizes that he was like, "Oh, I just said Home of the King in front of a wrestling crowd, and I'm you know, talking about Jerry Lawler." I <laughs> <laughs> so got boo him a little bit, yeah, <laughs> but he gets him back. Um, and the NWO come out. And Piper's concerned that they're coming out because his kid's in the ring. Um, and Piper's like Terry, um, don't do this, man. You know, I know we got problems, but don't, man. We don't need. And he's calling him Terry. He's not calling him Hogan. He's not mm-hmm. calling him Hulk. He's not getting in his face. He's just like, don't do this, Terry. We don't need to do this. And um, what's also cool about it is. You know, like most companies, like and this, I think this is where like Hulk Hogan is, and I'm gonna say this: like Hogan's like a smart guy, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they did it consciously or not, but um, yeah, you know, like most companies, like when a kid's in the ring or whatever, like the the heels are like intimidating the kid and yelling at him or whatever. They never even they never oh. even look at Cole. No. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, cause, yeah, cause I think I, Hogan... I
1: remember, I remember this segment. So I, yeah, I can totally see, I, I know what you're
0: saying. So I think Hogan's character was like, or Hogan would be like, I wouldn't beat up a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a heel, but I'm not going to smack a kid around or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and Hogan's asking Piper to like, take the mat, like fight me, fight me. And he's not bringing up his kid. He's just like, fight me. And I know part of his character is probably thinking he's not going to fight me if he's if his kid's out there with him, but, yeah. they're not, but they're not intimidating the kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't have any, uh, like, I know wrestling's fake, but they didn't give you any inclination that Hulk Hogan was intending to come out here and beat up Roddy Piper's fucking five-year-old kid. Right. <laughs> it was just the, the, if the kid wasn't there, Piper would fight me, so let's go out there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't <laughs> even think they had the intention of attacking Piper.
1: I just right.
0: Go out there and and like humiliate Piper. You know what I mean.
1: And he, yeah, and he wouldn't he wouldn't fight back because the kid was out
0: there. The kid's out there. And um, so Piper just says, "No, no, I'm not doing this. Just let me leave." And Hogan's like, "Yeah, leave, you coward. You know what I mean? Like, get out of mm-hmm. here. Get out of here. You don't want to fight me. You ain't no man." And. Piper gets down on his knees because he's going to help his kid out of the ring. And you do hear him say to Colt, tell me to get him, Dad. Which, I, whatever. I don't give a shit. He's a five-year-old kid. So, yeah. and Gene accidentally caught it on the mic. But then the kid says, get him, Dad. And Piper ends up attacking him and smacking uh, Bischoff and uh, Hogan around. And they bolt and Piper and um, Has the belt, decides, yeah, my kid wants me to fight this guy, so I'm going to fight him. They don't say it's a Super Brawl yet, but at least not that I caught. But Piper does accept Hogan's challenge. He has the belt, he's holding Colt. Colt gives like a peace sign to the crowd, and that's how it goes off the air. And this is the best thing that Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper ever did together in WCW. Best thing they ever did.
1: Well, and it's because there and i won't harp on it too much because there's shows coming up that i know you're going to talk about on pay-per-views that I, I'll, I'll expound on it more but a lot of times hogan and piper when they feuded with each other their egos got in the way yeah you know they were never willing to fully put not, one was never willing to fully put the other one over yeah and that's why you got those shitty finishes where it looked like Piper. I mean, Piper literally won the title, but didn't win the title, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. And, and something, too, and I thought about this even after I watched this, and then we'll we'll move on or whatever to Raw. Um, something they never did, and I think they should have, because WCW did acknowledge, they, they, they weren't like Vince, where Vince would just pretend like shit didn't happen that wasn't in mm-hmm. company or whatever, they acknowledged without a, without fully saying, oh, these guys wrestled at the first WrestleMania or everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they had the brawl to settle it all or whatever. Like, the war, like they played off of that. You know what yeah. I mean? So, I don't know why they never had Hogan be like, look, Piper, this shit's happening to you because the Roosters have come home, buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all your bad shit, it's going to come back to you tenfold. Like you people mm-hmm. cheer, you people boo him or cheer cheer him and boo me. I'm not the guy that kicked Cindy Lauper in the face in 1985. Right. <laughs> I'm not the guy that smacked Jimmy Snooker with a coconut. You know like he should have like been like all your not- bad tra- transgressions are coming back to get you.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not the one that fought the New York Police Department. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was huge. You know but they never did it. And I don't mm-hmm. know why. I don't know if it's cuz nobody ever thought of it. I don't know if because
1: they didn't, they didn't want to lend too much credence
0: to the WWF, yeah, maybe too much credence to that or whatever. But it's like that would have been that would have been phenomenal. I think <laughs> like all your shit that you did in the eighties, pipe it's back on you now, buddy. I think that would have been cool. Or maybe they didn't want to remind people that Roddy Piper was a shitbag heel back in the day. I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> but that's when he was pushed. We're, we're going for sympathy here. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anything else on uh, the old Nitro? No, sir. From the Memphis Coliseum? Um, I would say this. Other than seeing Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper having that angle, if uh, I was a ticket-buying fan, I'd have been like, this would have been a good house show, but this wasn't a fucking Nitro. Like, there's no Kevin Nash. Well, I mean, there's Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, but they're they're out in the crowd, they're out in the arena for maybe thirty seconds. There's just no no, and and Sting and Savage do come out and look around and stuff like that, but just Mm -hmm. to me, other than the Piper thing, nothing happened on this show. It's just not. And
1: and there were that would happen, you know, sometimes. When
0: you, Raw is guilty of it too, but yeah, yeah. No, every every show can't be like main events on top of main events like it is now it,
1: it happened it happened more in wcw because of the way people's contracts were structured too yeah you know like oh fuck we've
0: exceeded this guy's amount of tv matches he can have <laughs> in a six month period or whatever <laughs> he wants to have it so let's put out fucking ice train and la parka
1: <laughs> this uh this alex right uh uh, colo <laughs> match that'll tear that house down, yeah. Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> but up next is Monday Night Raw, which they're calling Royal Rumble Raw from the Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. They have 25,000 people there. Um, and the funny thing is, on the last show, they said for the first time. The Royal Rumble was going to be shown on the USA Network for the first time since, what, was it, 88? 88. 88, Yeah. So that's what they say. Okay. And they come on and they're like, oh, this isn't going to be some bait and switch thing because they're, like, mocking WCW um, for all their shit. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to promise you something and then not give it to you. We're giving you title matches tonight. We're going to give you a street fight. All this stuff because because uh, Triple H is defending his Intercontinental title against Mark Marrow, um, um, and Furnace and LaFon are fighting Owen and Bulldog for the tag belts, and then the main event is a street fight with Farouk and Mankind versus Ahmed Johnson and the Undertaker. Okay, so last week they said. For the first time since 1988, the Royal Rumble is going to be featured on television, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're like, we don't bait and switch over here. They replayed the end of the Royal Rumble when Steve Austin dumped out um, Taker, uh, Vader, and Brett, okay? I think that was it, right? Taker, Vader, Brett, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was the extent of the Royal Rumble match they showed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no bait and switch so, though.
0: So, so why they didn't lie? Cuz they did show the Royal Rumble. They didn't show the Royal Rumble. Yeah. The <laughs> end of the Royal Rumble. So Yeah, <laughs> still kind and of sick sh- birds, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and they showed Brett um, in his locker room waiting to be interviewed. He's going to be interviewed later. Um the opening match um, and the, you can tell the backstage stuff they're showing. Let me preface that. Like the backstage stuff they're showing isn't taped at the same time as the show. This is basically a sky dome house show on TV. Like it's even got like where the, where it's not lit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, you know, like when they would show house show stuff, it was like, I don't want to say a, a downgraded camera or whatever, but it wasn't, it wasn't, produced. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the old um, Coliseum videos where it would be like Mr. Perfect versus Coco Beware at yeah. the Philadelphia Spectrum or whatever. That's the way the show was produced. So I don't know why they chose to do this. I just don't, I don't know if they just didn't have some shit to do or like everybody needed Monday off or what. <laughs> they just basically did this house show on TV and um, Um but they do do some neat things because they show Brett, but he's still like he, he's got his interview coming up, but he's still in his stuff. And the way they explain it is Brett Hart's here. He's just here for an interview tonight, but he's 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 dressed to fight, okay? Mm-hmm. And the reason they're doing that is because during the Big Van Vader Steve Austin match, Brett Hart um, comes out and attacks um, Steve Austin, and they get in this big brawl and um this is after Austin hits the referee and gets disqualified mm-hmm. but anyway brett comes out and attacks brett doesn't wrestle on this show but there's like on the show but there's no way brett hart didn't wrestle in the sky dome in toronto canada so they had to explain why brett
1: was in his shit was yeah. in his
0: shit you know what i mean so it's like, hey, mm-hmm. i respect that um And then they do a hype video for Thursday, Raw Thursday, which is going to be a live two-hour extravaganza next Thursday. So we got that coming up. Um, The next match is um, going to be Flash Funk versus Savio Vega. And as Savio Vega is coming out, uh, Jr. tries to interview him, and Savio just says that... um, he joined the nation of domination cuz nobody cared about him and these fans can suck his ass and all this different he didn't say suck my ass but it's the, basically what he said i and- love how i love
1: how sabio vegas the indication you know how we always joke about how mavens when maven turned heel the indication that he was now a heel was just that he would get up on the turnbuckles and like instead of go yay with his hands he'd give the crowd the old fuck off with his hands yeah I think it's funny that Savio Vega turned heel, so now he wears a long black trench coat. And a hat. (laughs) And a hat. Yes, and a hat. That's like Conan. (laughs) He has hats now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you're a big, like, Hispanic guy or Latino man, Latin man, that's how you turn heel in America. You start start wearing hats. hats. So good for him. (laughs) But when I saw this, I was like, ooh, Flash Funk versus Sabio Vega. No way this is going to be bad. And it wasn't. (laughs) Um, It was very good. Um, It wasn't like anything to write home about. They were having a house show match, but it was just, it was good. And um, I would say, and uh, this might be a bold statement, but for his size and what he could do, I think, I think two cold Scorpio was the most athletic dude of his gener- of his era. I really yes, thought. yeah.
1: If not the, definitely one of the, for sure.
0: Like I think, and he had his problems. Not not like he wasn't like a druggy, smoked weed, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm saying what his problems were was he had a problem sometimes getting along with management and some of the mm-hmm. people and some of the bigger dogs on the locker room. You know what I mean? Yep. But, Scorpio, oh, Scorp- Scorpio, Scorpio would
1: just, he would just walk away.
0: Yeah. Or be like, fuck you, Ric Flair. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like he told Ric Flair the only reason you're mad at me is because your wife liked how I looked at my Speedo because she liked my big dick. <laughs> Shit like that. You know It's I'm like, Yeah. You just said that to Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not going to go good for you. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: Um, not 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 to the not to the not, not exactly in the same way, but he handled himself like Bruiser Brody handled himself. You know, like I'm not beholden to this company. I'm not beholden to this territory. I'm just going to do my thing, and if you don't like it, I'll just leave. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, that's why that's
1: why he liked wrestling in ECW so much because Paulie just let him be him.
0: Yeah. And, like, I put in here. I actually think, because uh, um, Booker would be in that same category as this big motherfucker shouldn't be able to do this stuff. You know what I mean? But I think Two mm-hmm. Cold even more, at this time, was even more talented than Booker,
1: mm-hmm. in
0: my opinion. And probably RVD. Yeah. I just think Too Cold was fucking phenomenal. And if he would have got out of his own way, probably could have been a bigger star. But, um, they have a pretty good match and flash funk goes for a moonsault misses and Savio hits him with a leg drop and pins him one, two, three pretty basic finish. Um, and then, uh, Jim Ross interviews psycho Sid mid ring. And it's just your basic psycho Sid. I'm crazy promo. And he's fighting Sean on Thursday, raw Thursday, bringing up their old stanky heat. (laughs) Um, and then Bulldog and Owen are interviewed in their be- in the backstage area, and it's fantastic. Um, Vince asks uh, um, Bulldog about Owen eliminating Bulldog at the Royal Rumble and says um, Owen cuts him off and tells Vince to stop trying to stir the pot and <laughs> – he says, I wasn't trying to eliminate Bulldog, I was trying to eliminate Austin, and Davey was helping me, and this idiot just fell out of the ring. <laughs> and Davey's like, Don't call me an idiot, and they go back and forth. And they end up <coughs> they end up soothing their soothing the fires a little bit in the Owen Bulldog style. And I can't put it into words. like I can't explain it as well as those two were together. But yeah, he was like, I was trying to put out us, awesome. and this idiot just fell out of the ring. So it was funny. Like, Bulldog just fell over the top rope all on his own. And Bulldog just can watch the tape. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like yeah. Owen's blatantly lying. Like, instead of just saying, look, Vince, it's every man for himself. Mm-hmm. Owen's just such a heel, he just can't tell the truth. Like he just can't be like, it was everyone for themselves. He's just like, My idiot brother in law fell out of the ring. Fell out of the ring. <laughs> idiot. You idiot. <laughs> but it's really good stuff. And um like who we were talking about the other day? Oh, talking about Robert Fuller and uh Jimmy Golden being mm-hmm. really good together because you could tell they were best friends. Like David, there's no way Davey and Owen weren't best friends. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, that, like <laughs> Because, and it's different chemistry between yeah. Brett and Owen or whatever. But Davey and Owen were best friends, and there's no way, like, neither one of them. I, I, I don't. I've never met him. Obviously, never will. But I don't think either one of them made each other. I don't think anybody else made each other, anybody laugh more than either one of them. If that makes mm-hmm.
1: sense.
0: For sure. And they were so goddamn good together. They were fucking fun. They were fantastic. <laughs> Like, it's just great. And they like, you could just always see when Davy just wanted to fucking laugh at Owen, and all <laughs> Owen's trying to do is, even when they're, like, trying to argue and shit, he's trying to make Davy laugh. And Davey's just, <laughs> like, 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 like he'd look away. Like, he's not looking away because he's disgusted with Owen Hart. He's looking away because he doesn't want to fucking laugh. <laughs>
1: Bust up laughing, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I just really enjoy those two together. Um, and that fell out of the ring thing cracked me up. Um the next match is Doug Furness and Philip LaFon versus Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. And I've been watching these guys wrestle these two teams. And when they first got married, I don't think Bulldog and Owen liked him very much. Cause there's the one point is that survivor series in 96 where Philip, they're talking up Philip LaFon's drop kick as being the greatest drop kick in the business. And he goes to hit it and all Davey does is just, Step a like that, he sidesteps yeah. it and doesn't do nothing with it. And um in the match, I don't think I don't think they liked Doug Furnace. I could be wrong. And I think it's mainly Bulldog, but I don't think Bulldog liked Doug Furnace. Because mm-hmm. he's bumping and shit for Philip LaFon. And and he's and he's not burying Doug Furnace, but he's not really giving him anything. And it's all, it's like Doug Furness. I don't know what it was. I don't know if Bulldogs was a big guy. Could be like, I don't don't know. That could be completely off kilter, but just to me, it just didn't look like they, especially Davey, wanted to give Furness anything. (laughs) And I, it could be like the strong guy bullshit. I don't know. But anyway, um, Owen, Eventually tags in and then he try he, he gets smacked around a little bit and he wants to get back out of there right away but bulldog has his back turned to him won't pen won't tag him ignores it um and then uh lost my spot here then they all four wind up in the ring again they're gonna do a they're gonna do a spot where uh davey wants Owen to throw uh LaFon at him but LaFon reverses it and Baby's not paying attention and he ends up backdropping Owen over the top rope instead and Owen gets counted out and um, because he's bitching at Bulldog about throwing him out over the top rope and not realizing he's on the floor and he gets counted out so that's how LaFon and Furnace win the match but not the belts story of their lives (laughs) and then Ahmed Johnson cuts a promo and says nobody's safe because he's not on Prozac no more (laughs) (laughs)
1: it makes as much sense as anything Ahmed ever said
0: Yes, and then he says he's going to go out there and beat up Crush and all of a sudden the Undertaker's hand comes in and grabs him by the neck and Undertaker says if you go out there right now you're going alone but if you wait we'll beat them together basically saying don't go out there and get fucked up before our tag team match Right. and Ahmed Johnson says something I couldn't tell what he said and walks away, um, and then Crush versus Goldust. It's not good,
1: <laughs>
0: not good. It's a very boring match. Savio is involved and ends up beating Goldust with the Heart Punch. And then, oh, go ahead. Sorry,
1: I was just gonna say that match is so boring that I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like most times, you're like. I remember this match. That was a really good match. I actually remember this random match from a random raw because it was so bad.
0: Yeah, it wasn't good at all. Uh,
1: I remember thinking, I'm never watching this match again. If the, if I
0: watch this raw again, I'm skipping this match. Yeah, it was not good. Um, they play a promo with Jack Lanza, hyping the Black Jacks coming back. That had potential at the beginning. I think, but I they they shouldn't have put the new at front in the front of it. it should have mm-hmm. just been the Blackjacks, and Jack Lanza should have been with them. I don't know why yeah. Jack Lanza wasn't with them. Like, I don't. I honestly don't remember him ever coming out with them.
1: He didn't even
0: at the beginning of it. Mm-mm. Like they were just I like, oh, they showed you pictures of oh here's the old Blackjacks. Well now here's the new guys. Like, why not do a thing with Jack Lanza coming out and being like, I'm telling you, these guys are the future. You know what I mean? Like, like giving them the gloves and, and doing yeah. all that. But they just never did. It's just like, oh, these are the Black Jacks and <laughs> all. Yeah,
1: I don't know what happened there either.
0: And I think they try to, for a minute, try to say, like, Bradshaw and Wyndham were, like, related or something. It's like, no, everybody knows they're not. It, was, yeah. it wasn't any good. Um. Then Vince interviews HBK. Uh, Bret Hart comes out and interrupts and is like cutting a promo to Sean. I'm not going to read everything they say because I didn't write it all down. And then Steve Austin comes out and attacks Bret. And then Sid comes out and um, Shawn Michaels just kind of escapes out of the ring. Then they showed the contract signing of Tiger Ali Singh, who says he's going to be... He's going to bring pride to Canada and um, will one day be in the same, will be spoken of, and this is him trying to be a face, okay? Like, this is when they were trying to push him as a good guy. This is what they had him say in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. They try to say, and he said, at one point in the future, I will be spoken to, I will be spoken, sorry, my name will be spoken in the same breath as names like Bret Hart. (laughs) And the crowd is like, nah, no, you're not. Probably not. Shouldn't have said Bret Hart's name. (laughs) Like, no. That'd be like some basketball player coming out there and being like, I will be spoken in the same breath as Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Like, fuck (laughs) off. You know? (laughs) The fuck out of here. Some new actor just fresh signing is coming into Hollywood being like, one day you people will speak of me as the same way as you speak of Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, <laughs> and Leonardo DiCaprio. They're gonna be like, get the fuck out of here.
1: They made like one
0: movie for fucking National Lampoon. Fuck <laughs> out. <laughs> Do we even make those movies anymore? Remember that? National yep. Lampoon like one day was like was like the height of comedy and then like in the 90s they just started making like
1: Every- they just put their fucking name on anything. Yeah. Straight to Comedy Central. It's yeah. National Lampoon Panty North Raiders Falls. or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. What happened? Anyway, um the next match is a Pretty basic match is Triple H versus Mark Marrow for the Intercontinental Title. The way they explain away Sable not being there is because this the the this was, um, like right after the Superstars where they had Sable kick the Undertaker. I don't know if you remember that. And there was the chance Sable was getting too big for Brazier or whatever. And um, um, so that's how they explained Sable not being on the show because it was a house show in Toronto, so they probably weren't going to fucking pay for Sable to be there right and triple h ends up winning that match and then we roll into the uh hardcore street fight tag team match of ahmed johnson and the undertaker versus farouk and mankind and what makes this funny to me is that mankind and paul bearer don't get their own entrance (laughs) they They come out with they come out with farouk (laughs) <laughs> not like here comes Farouk and they play his music and then it's like oh now here's mankind's music with Paul Bearer nope they all come out to Farouk's music
1: <laughs> nation
0: of domination and like mankind and Paul Bearer is walking out there with the militia <laughs> and then they're in the ring and Farouk like gets mankind to do the do the uh the, the salute up in the air, yeah. <laughs> like, like he's looking at him, he's like, Do it, do it, and that <laughs> man's like, yeah, yeah. And then Paul Bear won't do it. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Ahmed Johnson and The Undertaker get their own entrance, and there's no tags or anything in this match, it's just, um, four guys brawling, and um. Ahmed Johnson ends up chasing Clarence Mason away. Then Clarence Mason comes back, and he has um, crushing Savio Vega with him. Then Ahmed Johnson leaves, and they're trying to imply that Ahmed Johnson has abandoned the Undertaker, but he is not because he, he comes back with his gigantic board. What they keep trying <laughs> to say is a two by four. It's like this is a this is not a two by four. That board is gigantic, and he doesn't know how to use it. Just beating Farouk with it And every time I watch Farouk and Ahmed Johnson Have any interaction I'm like No wonder Farouk Hated this motherfucker <laughs> You know what I mean Yeah It's like I'm I'm f- Freshly here Finally in the WWF And they saddle me with this Big fucking Talentless motherfucker That just keeps hurting me You can't even swing a board right You know Yeah it's like, I, I understand it.
1: I bet, I bet. I bet. Yeah, he definitely probably was the happiest man in the world when Ahmed Johnson got released.
0: Yeah, I'd say that entire locker room probably was. <laughs> but yeah, Farouk, it's like, God damn, no wonder. No wonder he hates that son of a bitch so much. And that's <laughs> the other thing about Ron Simmons. I never heard Ron Simmons say nothing bad about nobody except Ahmed yeah. Johnson. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, So he ends up chasing them out and it gets down to just being mankind and the undertaker. And then Vader gets involved and to play off what happened last week goes to hit the undertaker with a chair. Sorry, excuse me. And hits um, mankind by mistake, knocking him down. Taker takes out the, takes out Vader and then tombstones mankind on the steel chair One, two, three, and The Undertaker and Ahmed Johnson win the match. And that's how we go off the air for Monday Night Raw.
1: A good boring Raw.
0: Yeah. Like I said, this is a good... What it is, is it's a fun glimpse into what they were doing at their house shows. Mm -hmm. Okay, this was basically the WWF house show set. I don't know if they do it anymore. Well, I don't even know... I mean, they're back to doing house shows, right? Just not as many.
1: No, they're actually not doing house shows right now. Not I don't think. Any. No, they're going to be. But right now, I think it's just TV stuff.
0: He said, I don't know if they do it like that anymore. But when you used to like read the, well, like we do on your show, where you read the clips or whatever, um, or the, not clips, but like the house show results and shit, like you said, you notice the trend. Okay. These, these yeah. matches are happening for like a month because, okay let's work out the kinks. Let's figure it out because this is what we're going to be doing on TV next month. So it's kind of like a cool little glimpse of what's happening. Like I assume I'm, I'm going to assume like at one point it was Farouk versus mankind versus the undertaker versus Ahmed Johnson. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily always a tag team match, but it was these guys in some form of match. So it was just a fun little way of seeing like, okay, this was what they were. This is what they were tinking around with. And the more I thought about it, I think maybe why this became a show was because they had a big crowd. I think it might have mm-hmm. been like that that big event thing. Like, oh, this wasn't necessarily going to be a sh- something that we put on cassette and sell. But why wouldn't we now? We have 63,000 people here, you know? Right. Shit, 25,000 people? It's wrong. <laughs> And that's what they said. Mm -hmm. This is the biggest attendance for a Monday Night Raw in the history of Monday Night Raw. And there's no Monday Night Raw logo uh, set or anything like that. It's just their house show set. So I think this... I don't know why it took me this long to figure it out, but I think that's what it (laughs) was. You're probably Uh, right. But like I said, it wasn't anything bad or it wasn't anything great. It was just kind of was what it was. It wasn't as bad as it's going to be when we get into like South Africa or Germany mm. and yeah, Germany. That's Berlin, what it is. Yes. Berlin. Uh, it's not as bad as Berlin raw, but that's not, like I said nothing to write home about this week on e- this week. Actually ECW is the best show. <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, unless you got anything else. Yeah. Excuse me. Nope. Nope. Okay. ECW usually goes pretty quick. Um, Paul Heyman's out there. Um, the entire locker rooms in the, like the, either in the ring or up on the Eagle's nest because Paul Heyman is going to announce um, that barely legal is coming to the ECW arena. And after being fucked around with and dicked around with by other promotions and the cable companies, they're back on pay-per-view because of the fans and they're going to be able to show them what they fucking know that they're the fucking best. And that's not me adding words. That's, it's ECW so that's, what and, that's what, and that's what
1: and that's what Paulie does the best. He was the best at making his wrestlers feel special. He was best at making his fans feel like they were something special. Yeah. Like we're we're all in this together in reality. <laughs> he's Paul Heyman in from Vince
0: McMahon. Yeah.
1: But I'm just saying from as, as a mind and a promoter and
0: everything, you got to give him credit. Yeah, and that's the thing too. He never said, fuck Vince McMahon in the WWF. Nope. He would say, we're better than Vince McMahon in the WWF. This ain't he, the WWF. Wait, this ain't the WWF. And and honestly, if you're Vince McMahon, are you going to get mad at Paul Heyman for saying this ain't the WWF? No. no. He's like, he's a, Vince, at the end of the day, is a fucking promoter. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. talked about it a while back where he told uh, Jim Cornette, hey, I'm going to use Brian Lee. I want to use Brian Lee But I don't think you should have him back after SummerSlam well, Why is that? Well, I told him that you give Jim whatever notice you need to give him And he said he didn't need to give you a notice
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: he, You know what I mean?
1: Yep, if he'll do that to me yeah, Or if he'll do that yeah, to you
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and like So he was like, yeah, I'm going to use him as the Undertaker And you have him back Because if he's going to do that to you, he's going to do that to me So fuck mm-hmm. him, you know And that's probably But Paulie didn't give a shit about WCW fucking hated them. It's like, uh, it's like a guy that he shot, like a guy who's name. We shouldn't bring up anymore. Apparently said on the ECW documentary, the WWF's bad, but if you go work for WCW, you're going to the Taliban. Like, <laughs> like that's the worst thing you can do. Um, so he hypes that. And then um, announces the main event is going to be Sabu versus Taz. Um, doesn't introduce it, doesn't announce any other matches. That's all we know about for now. For barely legal, it's going to be Sabu Taz in the main event, and it's on April 13th. Um, so eventually we'll be reviewing that show, which I'm excited about. Um, there's a video hyping Sabu and Taz just showing different clips of their matches. Um, Joey Styles welcomes everyone to ECW. Sends it down to the ring. Ricky Morton is in the ring with some old trampy-looking lady. I don't. They don't even ever say what her name is. But she's like wearing a like a leather outfit and like wears like like assless chaps and like a thong. She doesn't look good like <laughs> at all. Like she's very leathery. <laughs> it's she's probably gr- a <laughs> rope Huh.
1: <laughs> this is probably one of the boy's girlfriend at the time. Know,
0: she's she's with Ricky Morton. and Ricky Morton is decked out in his uh, Ricky Morton attire and out comes the BWO and the people are going fucking insane. Um, so obviously Ricky Morton's working as a heel and Joey says something that's actually pretty cool. He was like, Ricky Morton? Ricky Morton, they never liked him here in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, like, like going off the shit like with the Midnight Express and stuff, you know what I mean? Like yeah. say you're say you don't know anything about ECW and you turn it on and Ricky Morton, a guy that you know is like a baby face or whatever, is acting like a heel, you're gonna be like, why the fuck is he acting like a heel? So Joey tells you. Yeah. Philadelphia hates Ricky Morton, so Ricky Morton hates Philadelphia. <laughs> um and they actually have a pretty good well, I shouldn't say actually, because there's two talented guys, but Big Stevie Cool and Ricky Morton have a good match. Um. Um. And Stevie kick at Stevie kick. Steve, big Stevie cool wins with the Stevie kick, and then Joey Styles says, "Um. Um. <laughs> it's just the way. That's the word that he used because I never I forgot people used to call him these, but he's like." He's like, I know you can look at look at Stevie Richards, big Stevie, cool, and think he looks ridiculous with his belly shirt and his coochie cutters. <laughs> <He's really> short. Didn't <laughs> <St>. say Daisy Dukes. <laughs> He's wearing coochie cutters. Like, oh man, I forgot about that term. Oh, that doesn't date well. But anyway, um, so even though he wears a belly shirt and coochie cutters, Stevie. Was- <laughs> the man around here um then shane douglas cuts a promo um and he kind of does what we were just talking about with the piper thing he's like everybody's talking about how bad i was to Pitbull one he's like and they show you the pictures of like they show you the video of me ddt and pitbull number one and fracturing his neck but they don't show you that right before that they powerbond francine through a table
1: right He's justifying. Yeah. He's a heel. He's justifying they, his actions. They
0: show me smacking him around while he's wearing a halo, but they don't show that he's the one that got in the ring and intimidated me. I just defended mm-hmm. myself. You know? Yeah. And was, this is the guy keeps getting up. He's like, but eventually, eventually they're going to roll you out of the ECW arena feet first, and then you can just go hang out with your new best friend Christopher Reeves, and then he leaves. <laughs> it's quick, but it's effective, and it works. Yeah. He also said that nobody ever said anything bad about him in the ring until Gary Wolf got hurt. Like he's blaming everything on him. Yeah. Like, like everything about this is all Gary Wolf's fault. And you and that's a blind to that's that. that's good heel psychology. Yep. And then uh Dr. Death comes to the ECW and he's gonna fight Axel Rotten. And um you would think. This would either be a one-sided thing by design because they're going to just tell Dr. Death, go over there and smash him over and get him over because he's Dr. fucking Death. Or you're going to be like, this is going to be a train wreck. It's actually pretty good. And Steve Williams does, he he does a good job not burying Axel. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a couple stiff things in there and Axel actually kind of gives it back to Dr. Death a little bit. And then he actually hits the Oklahoma Stampede and and Axel Rotten kicks out of it. And he acts a little surprised that this guy kicked out of it. And then he hits this backdrop driver that he's apparently been using in Japan as a way to get over his new move and pins him one, two, three. And then Joey says he's going to interview Dr. Death after the break. And they come back and Raven is yelling at Dr. Death. And Joey's in the ring and he's trying to make peace and uh, and Raven goes if you want my belt why don't you come fucking take it you stupid asshole <laughs> as soon as he says that Joey leaves like Joey's like nope, <laughs> and gets out of the ring i'm out yeah, this is not going the way it needs to go so he bounces and gets back on commentary and says that that cuz obviously when he called him an asshole or whatever Dr. Death attacks him and apparently before they had come back from break Steve Williams was talking about how he wanted to be the ECW champion, and that brought out Raven. And they start brawling, and Todd Gordon comes out and says, if you guys want a match, you got a match, and it's for the belt. And um, Raven and Dr. Death proceed to have a goddamn good fucking ECW brawl. Like, I was like, eh, I don't think Raven and Dr. Death is going to be anything. It was fucking good. (laughs) Um, Well, they're both good. Yeah. Yeah, but you just think of them together. It's like, eh, I don't know if it's going to be a... Yeah, it seems a, like an odd but, mix. Yeah, but it worked. I mean, there it was a fucking gimmick-filled match, but it's Raven, you know what I mean? It's going to be... Right. Um, Raven tries to put him through it, like, jumps off and put him through a table, and Dr. Death moves, and Raven goes, like, ass-first through the table. Um, he ends up hitting Dr. Death with a chair, and Dr. Death blades for Raven. Like, Dr. Death is... Putting on his working boots and helping people out here in ECW, I I I enjoyed it, and I wish he would have stayed. Um, But he ends up going to work for Vince. Um, Then BWO's music plays, and the BWO come out because Raven's and and got in the upper hand, and he's got um, Tyler and Laura Fullington with him, and they're wearing BWO shirts, so they've apparently joined the BWO, which upsets Raven. Um, and then the BWO gets involved again while well, he's distracted. Sorry. Uh, Dr. Death attacks him and just press slams Raven over his head, which is impressive because Raven ain't a small guy and mm. crashes him on to, um, he throws him out on the, on the other NW or the BWO guys except Stevie Then Stevie gets in the ring offers, uh, Steve Wells, Steve Williams, his belly shirt because he doesn't have a just have an ECW he doesn't have a BWO shirt on hand, so he takes off his own belly shirt and tries to give it to Steve Williams, and um, while I'm watching this, and like I said, I know it's fake and it's wrestling, but I'm thinking like if this is real, Steve Williams shows up, he just takes this booking, okay. <laughs> Steve Williams has been in Japan, serious wrestling and everything like that. He shows up and all of a sudden there's this this guy, it's like a like a grunge emo guy and he's the champion. And now there's these guys out here and one of them's wearing a got a big gut and a belly shirt and cutters. And this other guy's dressed like Hulk Hogan. And there's a guy with a video camera with 7-Eleven and Stevie like my kid. My I'm thinking like I I putting my mind to thinking of like remember and and, and I am gonna move on after this but remember in like Rocky IV when when Dolph Lundgren, when when he's coming up and like James Brown is dancing around and shit and Apollo Creed and they're like I got you I got you and he's just like what the fuck <laughs> whatever. he's like what the fuck like he doesn't say that but he's just looking around yeah. like what the fuck is this? You know mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. That's all I'm thinking. Like his Steve Williams character would be like, what the fuck is going on?
1: <laughs> Why did you ask me to come here? Ricky yeah. Morton?" Yeah.
0: And then, but then Stevie kicks him and he goes down he gets back up and he's like, ha ha ha, ha Like laughing in his face and Stevie's like, God damn. So he kicks him again. And he goes down and he's like, ha 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 ha. And he gets back up and Stevie kicks him a third time. And goes to leave. Raven rolls back in and pins Dr. Death. One, two, three. And, um, Joey styles claims that this is the first time in 10 years on American soil that, uh, Steve Williams has been pinned and I would have to go back and check, but I don't think Yeah, it's accurate. I
1: don't, I don't know that that's accurate unless, I mean, maybe if you went back and looked maybe in the Steiner brothers matches and stuff, maybe Gordy always took the fall. I don't know.
0: Or if he's trying to say it's like a singles thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. but I mean, I'd have to go back and check. Cause that, like, I'm sure he got beat for the UWF title unless he just threw the UFW, UWF title down and said, fuck it. Now like it matters. It's professional right. wrestling. Yeah. Apparently the fucking first time uh, uh, Hogan and Andre ever wrestled was in WrestleMania three. And that's the first time he ever got body slammed. You know, yeah, I mean? right. And right. Andre yeah. was undefeated up until that point. Never that's pro wrestling. <laughs> but anyway, um, A lot of shit happened in that match, and it was super crazy and actually pretty fun. And then in ECW fashion, they come back and Joey's like, that was so awesome. We need to show it to you again. (laughs) So they show a recap of what we just saw. And then in the main event, it's Devon Dudley versus the Sandman. Uh, Sandman is coming out. Uh, Devon's already in the ring. Sandman's coming out. Devon mugs the Sandman during his entrance and we get like a ECW basic brawl which Sandman wins but then Devon attacks him in, well sorry Joel Gertner comes out and says that um, that they did the math and the rounds of the ECW match and the point systems and all this shit and the Gertner scale says that this match was in a 4 to 3 Um, uh, based off the four to three, four versus three in points, winner of the match, Devon Dudley, and Samiyan's like fuck that, and cracks him with the with the cane, taking out Joel, and then Devon attacks Sandman, which brings out Devon and or brings out Bubba and Spike. And Bubba has his chair. He's looking at Devon. Sandman's standing there staggering. And Bubba ends up cracking Sandman with the chair. So this is the debut of heel Bubba Dudley. Um, Sandman's mad. Spike's mad, so he attacks them. Then they end up beating up Spike. And then New Jack and Mustafa come out. And it's just an insane ECW weapons-filled brawl. And we go off the air with Joey saying all this is happening because they announced a pay-per-view and everybody wants to be the most extreme guy going into the pay and that's how, we, and basically saying shit's going to pop off the next couple of weeks <laughs> of this pay-per-view and that's how ECW goes off the air. And that's how we end our week.
1: All right. Thank you ECW for sounds like you were right. Best show of the week.
0: Yes. Stuff actually happened on it. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yes. And in an hour. All that shit happened in like, and not even a full hour, 44 minutes and 47 seconds. Yeah. All of that (laughs) happened. Fucking ECW. Like I said, it's a fucking fever dream, man. (laughs) What the fuck was that? (laughs) Shouldn't have ate 27 bagel bites before I went to bed.
1: (laughs) Well, there's another episode of uh, the year that was in the books.
0: Yes. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Um, I was going to, I was going to hype the intercontinental title tournament that's going on on the page, but it's all filled up because some people didn't, um, not enough people made it through to the deadline, but there was enough to make something happen out of it. So if you just want to watch along with it, vote along with it, um, go ahead. Um, Brett Hart advanced. So congratulations to Nathan Roberts. If he listens to this show, and unfortunately, uh, Greg Valentine lost to Dama Rocco, so Chad Austin did not.
1: Chad Austin gets pinned again.
0: Yes. He didn't do as bad as he did in the tag team tournament. <laughs> he picked the Blackhearts and got no votes. He, <laughs> one vote. he got one vote. I think Archie voted for him. And Archie was like, I don't even know what the Blackhearts are. <laughs> I'm just trying to help
1: this guy out. help Chad
0: out. And then Chad's like, what the fuck? I'm like, you picked the Blackhearts
1: out
0: <laughs> of every tag team. You the the Blackhearts. Nothing wrong with them, but nobody's going to vote for them. But anyway, um, he lost to Don Morocco. So Don Morocco moved on. Um, so anyway, I know it's it's silly, but it's fun times. And, yeah. have, and you guys win some free shit from it. And do this one, and then maybe do another one in, in January or something. I can't do them all the time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, thank you guys for listening. Keep on supporting the shows, and the networks, and the doodads, and the whatevers. <laughs> Appreciate it. The doodads.